Welcome to the INS Infusion Room, a podcast of the Infusion Nurses Society. The Infusion Nurses Society is recognized as the global authority in infusion therapy and is devoted to setting the standard for infusion care. I'm Dawn Berendt, your podcast host and the Clinical Education and Publications Manager for INS. Welcome to this episode of INS Infusion Room. My guests are Dr. Evelyn Chan and Tom Sutton. Our discussion today is about pain management with venipuncture and vascular access procedures. And we're going to talk particularly about innovative technology that has had great outcomes, particularly for pediatric patients, but also with adults. Welcome, Dr. Chan and Tom. Thanks so much for having us. So I always ask my guests to tell a little bit about themselves. So I put you on the spot right from the outset here. So let's start with you, Dr. Chan. Would you please tell us about your work and your practice? Sure. So I'm a pediatrician by background and really became a pediatrician because my brother had severe autism and was nonverbal. And throughout um, his childhood, we sort of saw that he'd have some bad experiences with procedures and um, some of those interactions in the healthcare environment. And I really wanted to be able to change those and make it a really positive one because I felt that could really change people's trajectory and the way they interacted with healthcare with their families moving forward. And so um, sort of went into pediatrics and really loved being able to be at the bedside working with patients, um, helping support them through some of the toughest times of their lives um, and also make little things like procedures um, a little easier. And we are recording on a Wednesday evening and Evelyn, Dr. Chan, is experiencing Thursday morning where she lives. Tell us where you're from. Um, so you can probably tell from my accent that I'm from Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> it's so nice to have you here. And Tom Sutton, please tell us about your work and your background. Uh, sure. I've uh, been involved with the medical products industry uh, for quite a while. I started off with a little company called Johnson & Johnson, uh, who were selling a lot of uh, IV catheters. And I was a manager of some uh, brands there, which led me into the world of uh, INS and met folks like uh, Mary Alexander and others uh, over the years and have been a big supporter. Some of the key products that I've been involved with are things like the uh, originally the original protective safety IV catheter and was quite involved with the movement from unprotected needles to sharp safety devices. After that, I worked quite a bit with uh, Smith Medical and then for many years with uh, B. Brown. And uh, I've always valued the time and experience with IV nurses and uh, going to many, many of the annual meetings and uh, making a lot of good friends along the way and learning all the time about what it takes to do uh, quality access, to improve access. And I love being involved with the innovation and the entrepreneurs, uh, which is how I have met uh, Dr. Chan, Evelyn, and why I so much like working with uh, INS and, and your members. Well, thank you so much for being in the studio with us today. Now, we're going to be talking about SmileyScope. If you haven't heard about SmileyScope and you're near a computer, go ahead and Google it right now because you want to get a look at this thing. Um, but we're going to do some explaining about that. But before we talk about SmileyScope, I want to share an excerpt from the Infusion Therapy Standards of Practice, specifically Standard 32. 
pain management for venipuncture and vascular access procedures. Now, in Standard 32, we do find a practice recommendation that states, provide non-analgesic pain management strategies to children, such as the use of virtual reality by use of a computer-simulated environment accessed through a head-mounted device. And it is noted in the standards that this technology was found to be effective in children in decreasing pain associated with phenopuncture. So this is where I'm going to introduce SmileyScope, and I need you to tell us how this idea came about. Sure. So, I mean, I think one of the major challenges that I had when I was a junior resident was actually vascular access and putting in IVs and drawing blood. And, you know, what I would find is that children would often ask me, the very first thing would be, do I have to have a needle today? And that was the one thing that they were most concerned about. And so it was one of my priorities that I really felt I wanted to make them comfortable with the procedure and and hopefully sort of understand the benefits of that procedure and started asking children, you know, where would you like to go if you could virtually escape the procedure room? And hearing a lot of children's stories about how they'd understand the procedure and what they'd like to reimagine and, and reframe around the storyline of getting that procedure done. And virtual reality was something I stumbled across um, actually in the adult space. So there was a friend who said that his grandma had severe dementia and he had gone back to her hometown in Italy and sort of brought along a 360 GoPro and brought it home and then actually stitched up a virtual reality experience for her um, of her hometown. And he said, you know, compared to when he'd shown her photos or just talked about it, she said just the power of seeing her in that space again was so powerful that her mood lifted. She started getting really happy, excited and remembered a lot of old things like dances and language and, and things from her childhood that was really powerful. And I sort of thought, wow, like if we could actually translate that sort of experience into something for a simple procedure, this could be really powerful. And that's kind of how we started looking at virtual reality for procedural care. We're saying, you know, it's a really immersive experience. Um, it had been shown in a number of early research in uh, particularly in burns patients that it could help reduce pain because it was very immersive and could really help um, sort of draw attention away from the pain and anxiety. And so we thought, how you know, it would be really interesting to be able to apply this to needle-based procedures. Okay. So help our listeners see what we're talking about. Tell us what the patient experiences, what are they using, and how does this help? So what happens is the patient puts on a virtual reality headset. So it's kind of like a head-mounted uh, device that they pop on. And we often call them diving goggles because one of the main experiences we have is an underwater experience. And so they pop on these goggles and what they can see is a 360 degree view of being somewhere else. So when you look around, you can see the water, you can see the beach, um, you can kind of look up and see the sun shining and the waves washing under you. Um, and so it's kind of a, a fully virtual experience, but people feel like they're really there. And for us, what we did was we worked with patients um, and their families to say, you know, how would you like to reimagine that needle experience? And so patients go underwater, they pop on their diving band, which is the tourniquet, and waves wash over their arms, which is when the clinician is cleaning with antiseptic. 
and then the patient looks at some fish and the fish come in and nibble at their arms um, and so they can choose a, a friendly clownfish or a, a little stingray or something like that and they can actually see them in virtual reality nibbling at their arms when the clinician is feeling for that vein and putting the needle in and then they go on a dolphin ride which is the patient's favourite part where they go on a ride and it kind of ends the experience in a really positive note. That sounds so fun. Now, Tom, in your background where you've worked with designing products and technology, what's your thought about this type of experience for vascular access? Well, uh, it's elegant and genius in that it's so simple uh, to apply, and it takes something that's often full of anxiety uh, to the patient. And to, to some extent, the, the nurse who's performing a venipuncture, uh, there's a lot of pressure to perform, make a first stick, the family's often watching. So there's, it's, it's a, a bit of a tense situation, and it allows for it to be reframed into something that's fun and positive. So what, what Evelyn's uh, team is seeing is that you can go into a, a start the procedure, and instead of saying, I'm going to do something that's you're going to feel a little pinch, you say, let's go on a, an underwater adventure and let's have a little fun while I make this access. And it creates a whole new way of presenting the situation. And everybody sort of sees the goggles and starts to smile. And it's uh, very appropriate that it's called Smiley Scope. Um, <laughs> and maybe you should ask Evelyn how she came up with that. But what it does is it reframes, recreates an everyday procedure. It reimagines it and it turns it into a fun and clinically very positive situation. It helps the access process occur faster, and it mm -hmm. also reduces the number of times you need to have two or three people there to help stabilize and comfort the child or the adult. And it's very good for adults as well. Evelyn described the, uh, the more children-focused uh, underwater adventure, but there are also programs that are more geared towards adults. So this actually helps manage all that anxiety, and, and it makes it a much more positive experience. So when I look at a guy that has been involved with making needles for a long time. It's a joy to be able to have something that can make people smile and, and make it feel less pressure and more positive. Right, right. Now, I would want to say here that this isn't deception. We're not pretending that, that the child hasn't gone into the procedure room. But what we are doing, as you stated so nicely, Tom, we're redirecting some thoughts. And we're creating a sensory experience that just kind of makes a new pathway, uh, a way of thinking and in allowing something to happen in the physical sense while you're virtually seeing something else. And it's really interesting to me that when the patient participates in this way, they really are believing what they're seeing and their senses change you know what they're perceiving as a painful scary experience is something altogether different dr evelyn can you talk about that i think you're absolutely right it really is about reframing and reimagining what that procedure is like we we never hide it from the patient and so they know what's going on and it gives them the positive coping skills to say but i have the power to be able to think about this differently and reimagine and tell the clinician and my parents or um, you know whoever is there what it feels like and, and that it can be different. 
Mm-hmm. Very good. So let's move on. I want to talk about, um, you've published a few articles, and I'm aware of one particular article from the Journal of Pediatrics published in 2019. The title is Virtual Reality for Pediatric Needle Procedure Pain, and there are two randomized clinical trials that are described there. Can you tell us about those findings for those two trials and how your product was validated? Yeah, so we felt as clinicians it was really important to ensure that we were confident that our virtual reality experience was working effectively and to really understand which patients it worked well for. And we know that the sort of average age of children getting needle phobias is around the age of five. And a lot of virtual reality was recommended for older children. So we we actually worked with the ethics board and said, look, we really want to be able to understand how this could be effective, but also ensure that it was safe for children as young as four years old. And we ran this like a, as you said, a a randomized, rigorous clinical trial where we actually looked at our virtual reality experience compared to current best practice standard of care, so a very active control. And we did this in two groups. The first was in the emergency department, um, usually getting um, IV cannulation. And the second was in uh, the phlebotomy lab, so getting outpatient blood draws. And we looked at children uh, aged 4 to 11 who needed these procedures. We would randomise them and uh, assign them to the different groups and then also sort of test pain, anxiety and a number of other metrics before and afterwards. And what we found was in the children with uh, in the virtual reality group, there was actually a 60% reduction in pain, 40% in anxiety, 75% reduction in parent or carer-rated distress, and almost half the need to restrain children for these procedures. Tom, I don't know if you wanted to add to the clinical trial. Well, I think one of the things that I've seen over time and struck me in, in, in looking through the, uh, the study that she was able to publish is it's great that the child reported lower perceived pain and, and lower perceived uh, anxiety, but they also asked, as she said, the parent, the caregiver, to rate what level of distress do you feel your child just experienced? And uh, there was a dramatic, I think she said about a 75% reduction from the group that did not have that. On a scale of 1 to 10, I think they were typically rating, this was about a 4.5 or 5. Because as a parent, you, know, you're, you hate seeing your child scared, crying, in pain, and all that anxiety. And they typically, the group that used SmileyScope, the rate, the ranking was down like towards a one, uh, almost Mm -hmm. no perceived distress. And that leads to a really high success rate and satisfaction rate where lots of folks, you know, almost everybody, I think, when asked, would you like to have this again when your child uh, has a, has a needle procedure? It's almost universally. Yes. This, this was much better. And, uh, this is one of the formative experiences in terms of your patient satisfaction when you go for a hospital or outpatient procedure is how was that stick? And was it mm-hmm. good? Did it hurt? Did they have to go multiple times? And so a patient who's calm and stable and an experience that you're, you're not focused on the anxiety part of the needle, but more of, uh, of getting the therapy and you're associating what's going on with something else, even though you know you're getting a, a, a needle, uh, it's, it goes to a different place in your mind that doesn't have all the fear and anxiety. So 
that was a very powerful part of the study, I thought, and really moves me as a, you know, as a father and a grandfather to mm-hmm. why I so, you know, enjoy seeing this product utilized. Right. So you mentioned the clinician. So let's go from there. Tell us what potential value you think SmileyScope might have for a vascular access nurse or even the vascular access team. So I guess I I see this as something that so often the vascular access nurse, uh, the CRNI, the the, uh, person is is also sort of the expert stick person, the go-to person when somebody's been missed once or twice or three times, or or they need to get a, a pick line or a midline, uh, something that's going to be a long procedure. Uh, so there can be anxiety around all of those procedures. So if you're a, a pick team nurse or a vascular access team nurse or just the specialist who's the person they all call, having something that can take an elevated tense situation and say, hey, let, let's try utilizing this, it's uh, basically a way of providing a lot of the benefit you get from an uh, analgesic. Uh, and maybe you combine a little lidocaine with this procedure. Sure. That's often sure. sort of a best practice. But uh, it really helps make sure you get that calm, stabilized patient experience that lets you increase your chances of making that stick and hitting that tough vein and having a positive outcome. And uh, if you think about it, when you're doing a pick placement, you have somebody there who could use the entertainment and distraction for quite a while because <laughs> not that it's all that painful, but it can be a little boring to to have to sit there and pursue that. And so by having some of the adult content on here, such as the, uh, the music or the uh, nature and the different things, you can imagine how this so immerses you. VR, until you put it on, it's hard to imagine. It really takes you into another place and just has this beautifully you know, it's like that Calgon moment they used to have in TV commercials. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. It's like this yeah. take me away moment that you get taken away, and uh, that's really nice and improves the uh, the experience and improves the success rate and makes the clinician feel good about what they were just able to accomplish, and they see it on the patients uh, and their their positive outcome. And so that's kind of what I see. Uh, uh, why if I was uh, doing this job. I would really like to to check it out and see, can I make this work? This is a good tool for me to have, in addition to my right. ultrasound machine and my other devices. Right. So whenever we place a vascular access device, we are really counting on our own personal skill and our ability. You know, we do rely on analgesia. Uh, for the most part, I think many clinicians really um, particularly for uh, placements of midlines and picks, certainly, but also for peripheral IVs and vascular, other little mm-hmm. smaller procedures. Um, but we have, so we have our personal skill, but the patient is dealing with a few things. Number one, they don't feel well or they're sick. They're yeah. uh, getting prepped for some, uh, some kind of experience that they didn't really want to have. And so there's this combination of fear and pain. So even if we can help manage pain, we can't always quiet that fear. We can't calm them down. And I can see this for adult patients uh, so nicely, um, giving them this ability to just take a break, (laughs) go through some beautiful scenery. And it does sound to me like SmileyScope is developed in a way that there are different lengths or durations 
for the procedure that we're doing. So we would probably have a longer duration experience for something like a PIC insertion and a shorter experience for a peripheral IV insertion. Am I correct? Right. Okay. All right. See, yes. this is really ingenious, and I'm I'm very much intrigued. I'd like to, um, I'm absolutely not interested in having something on and having a snake jump out at me <laughs> or going down a roller coaster <laughs> or something. Um, I, that kind of virtual reality I don't enjoy, but this one, I think, is just so. Um, it's right now. It it works with what's available, what people in the gaming community enjoy, but it brings it right into healthcare and a place that it's an environment that it's very applicable and useful. Yeah. Uh, so, Don, one thing uh, go ahead. that uh, also comes up a lot is, you know, we've all just been through this, uh, you know, really trying year, especially if you're frontline healthcare and you're concerned about infection prevention and keeping things clean and not contaminating folks. So one of the biggest tasks and, and differentiators of this approach is that uh, Evelyn's team actually recreated these virtual reality headsets. Most of them are, that are used by, uh, you know, we see them for the uh, teenagers and their gaming and doing all that. They have fabric and cushions and things like that mm -hmm. that really, mm -hmm. you know, you could not clean to a hospital standard. So what's been done is this, it's a, it's a headset that has, smooth, wipeable service surfaces uh, that uh, lend themselves to infection prevention standards so they can be wiped down between patients so that you don't have to worry about going from one person to the next. They're, they are built to be cleaned and don't have the fabric in the porous areas to collect the bacteria or the viruses and things like that. So uh, there's a lot more to it than the content. The content of the programs is, is tremendous. You can go on this great little underwater adventure with this uh, penguin with an Australian accent named Hogs, who I think speaks seven or eight languages now. So he can uh, speak <laughs> Spanish or Arabic or Japanese, or I, I lose track of all the languages a lot more than I can speak. And it also, you know, it's, it's medical grade. It can be used in a real world hospital environment safely. And uh, above all, it's effective and it's fun, you know, so it's pretty, pretty nice to see innovation work this way. Uh, for, Very for nice. Therapy. Very nice. And there aren't many um, pieces of technology that will um, endure the type of cleaning that that products mm -hmm. have to undergo uh, coming in and out of patients' rooms or being reused. So very, very good thinking on that. Okay, let's talk about a couple other things. I know there must be a story attached to the name of the device. And I'd also like to hear some of the other favorite stories that you have while you were developing and while you've um, had patients experience this. So tell us some of the stories. Sure. So the name SmileyScope really came about. It means looking for smiles. Um, so smiley and then scope for looking. And it came about because we really want this to be a, a tool similar to the stethoscope, something that, you know, is seen as a patient tool that's used, you know, all the time as routine care, but also symbolizes that hope and optimism um, and support that we can provide patients and families and staff in caring for patients. Um, some okay. of the 
great stories that that we get um, on a daily basis. We're really lucky that clinicians get very excited about the product and often tell us about how it's all going. Um, but, you know, early on, you know, I was able to see this when we were developing the product is that we'd have children come in who were, you know, we had a 12-year-old boy with cystic fibrosis and he had severe needle phobia from, you know, multiple attempts um, and admissions. And he used to hide under the table when he saw, a, you know, anyone in a, a white coat come, come by him. Um, he was just that scared and he used to need to be uh, sedated for all his IV cannulas and um, one day he sort of tried Smileyscope on and after a couple of goes and explaining to him, you know, this could be a tool that can help you uh, not need sedation. Um, what we will do is, of course, still give you local anaesthetic and all those other usual supports as well. Um, and, you know, then he was actually able to get through his first IV um, without sedation, which was incredibly exciting, using Smileyscope. And now he asks for it routinely, but is now actually getting more invasive procedures done, like um, he had his PIC line done um, with Smileyscope as well, uh, which was oh, really exciting yeah. and great to hear. Very good. Very good. So whenever we talk about technology and the need to purchase an additional product uh, to do something, it's a little bit extra. Um, it isn't just walking into the bedside and doing what we know how to do, but we're now bringing this piece of technology. How accessible is this technology for clinicians, for patients, for healthcare organizations? Yeah, so we find that clinicians really build this into their own and make it part of their own, uh, you know, procedures. So we do have one clinician who's a MRI tech and what he does is he has built his own routine where he'll introduce, he says, are you good at, um, you know, playing games? I've got this underwater game for you. And he'll pop on the headset and introduce it to the patient um, while he goes and prepares his equipment. Um, and then, you know, by that time, the patient has calmed down, is relaxed and then he'll talk through sort of the the procedure um, and so he finds that it's really seamless and is part of his whole routine and so we find that clinicians don't add any extra time um, in fact we save about a 20 percent time saving in in sort of the average IV cannula because you're not sort of trying to convince the patient to put out their hand and all of those things you're actually able to talk them through nice. the procedure yeah involve the parents if they're there as well. So often we'll ask the parents to say, you know, you're a submarine, you're going to, you know, uh, strap your child in and give them a big hug while they go on this underwater adventure and give them some things to think about so that they're actually able to positively support the patient as well. Okay. Tom, do you have anything to add about the accessibility or the availability of product uh, to healthcare organizations? Sure. Uh, one of the things that came up in the study uh, that we mentioned earlier was they did find that to do a vascular access procedure, it was faster. And so if you take uh, the couple minutes that it saves on the venipuncture on average, along with the, the ability not to have a second or third person about half the time, uh, you can actually, once you determine the value of the clinician's time, uh, the device, even if you use it once a day, kind of pays for itself. Uh, the cost savings of of the save time between avoiding the second person and a faster stick uh, really mm -hmm. covers it. Mm -hmm. uh, it is something that's offered uh, 
through SmileyScope, and it's easy to just go on SmileyScope.com and and you know ask for a uh, you know a contact, and then they would quickly call or email and provide the feedback that way. It's very easy to get it in and do a trial and uh, uh, basically see if it works for you. They have a loaner program that makes it easy to evaluate and see how it works. A very very high uh, positive rate on those uh, trials by folks who who get it and see yes this really does improve my patient experience my clinical experience and and it does seem to be cost effective so uh, that's all there it's actually very reasonable to purchase uh, it's sold as a device or uh, it's a monthly uh, sort of subscription as well uh, that's really quite affordable so uh, it's it's pretty easy to get in into a trial and to to bring into practice and it's a very easy to learn how to use it uh, it just mm-hmm. takes a few minutes and uh, uh, all can be done over a Zoom call or a phone call or whatever your for your your favorite uh, video conference system is now. Uh, but there is a small team here in the U.S. that's presenting. It's been more established in Australia, uh, where Evelyn is, and and there, and I think it's being used in most of the children's hospitals and in all of the states of Australia now. So it's really picking up as a relatively new technology. Uh, so now it's being brought over to the United States. Uh, you know, just in this last you know. COVID driven year. So folks are just starting to learn about it, uh, but it's easy to try and get it. And uh, it's pretty easy to get through the, the purchasing departments because it is pretty affordable. Right. It is so nice that you offer a trial and allow clinicians to practice, learn about the product and try it with patients as well and get a feel for it. Mm-hmm. That always is so useful uh, to be able to trial a product to know, um, is this a good fit for our organization and for the patients that we care for? I've been involved with uh, needle products for so long that it's always, uh, folks always kind of cringe when you say, try this new brand of uh, catheter or needle because Mm -hmm. you're you're sticking something into somebody. It's Mm -hmm. really a pleasant thing to be involved with something that people look at and say, oh, this is fun. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really. not going to make you say "ouch." It's going to do the opposite. So, yeah, that's good. And uh, sure. I, I do have to say, you you mentioned some of the stories. Uh, my wife is a nephrologist, and she has one of these in her practice, uh, in their office. And they found that you know anywhere you see anxiety, it's kind mm-hmm. of nice. These come in handy, and this isn't really its intended primary use. But uh, there were a lot of kids that would come in nervous about getting their blood pressure or getting the approval to be able to play sports or things like that. And they found that putting on smiley scope and just experiencing it for about five or six minutes, calmed them down, brought them down and get you a true baseline blood pressure uh-huh. as opposed to the white coat syndrome and being so nervous. So it's almost like anywhere you see anxiety in the practice of medicine and it's all over and you alluded it to it before. It's not something that you as a clinician can really overcome all the time because it's not just the pain, it's the irrational fear that is anxiety and it's yes. you know uh, it's it's something that it's great to have some technology that helps you manage this fact of life and improve the procedure so you can get back to doing the, the clinical procedure that you're you know so good at uh, so this helps take care of the part that is hard to address So we can see a lot of applications for this outside of the vascular axis for sure. This is this is really really innovative, and I just applaud you for this thinking out of the box, Doctor Chan. Um, I'd like to know what's next. What are you thinking about now? 
<laughs> so we're really excited about working with clinicians because we have found that they just apply it to so many interesting things like Tom's wife I hadn't thought about you know getting accurate blood pressure readings would be such an important thing uh, we've also helped a patient with severe I think she's a 69 year old with severe claustrophobia and she hadn't been in a lift for 30 years and she said you know I can't get to the fourth floor in this lift I'm going to walk and she had you know she was got oxygen and all sorts of things she was very sick with pneumonia and she managed to get into the lift and and go up and her husband was in tears because she said you know he said I haven't been in the lift with her for so long um, so I think you know what we really want to be able to do is expand this program so that we're able to support a whole range of procedures and age groups um, but also bring in education and support for healthcare in general. So um, our next products are helping with an MRI. Um, so medical imaging is another area that mm. um, clinicians have brought up as, you know, very anxiety provoking. Um, so while this couldn't be used in the MRI procedure itself, this could be really helpful for socialising and training patients to know what to expect, both children and adults, and understand the noises and, and how long it is and how they need to keep still. Um, also, as you said, for longer procedures, so we're thinking about, you know, lumbar punctures and bone marrow biopsies and, and other areas where there are procedures that we can support the patient from both the pain and anxiety perspective. And Evelyn, the, uh, there's a significant uh, thing right now in the news here in the U.S. There's a lot about how sort of the vaccination for COVID has sort of slowed down and especially difficult to get a lot of uh, the younger adults and now some of the children to do it. And so a portion of that is needle fear and a portion of it's other things. But you've also have an application for vaccines, right? Yeah, that's right. And we've actually had the vaccine program being uh, worked. Uh, it's being used in one of the largest vaccination centers in, in Boston, um, so the CIC. And they were saying that, you know, patients and particularly adults with severe needle phobia, you know, they, you know, when they come in, they have so much trouble sort of sitting down in the booth and waiting for that vaccination. And that that's been incredibly helpful for them to be able to calm them down, get them in the right state of mind and, and have that vaccine. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So you go from the length of a long medical procedure with a midliner pick to a peripheral, a rather, you know, three to five minute-ish experience, maybe seven, uh, all the way down to a, just the, the, the relatively fast uh, IM injection of a vaccination. But they all have a level of anxiety that gets prompted uh, and sometimes boredom. But uh, so it's really nice uh it's, you can tune it in to the length of the procedure and make it uh, cover what you're doing. Very nice. Well, we are nearing the end of our discussion today, so I would like to give each of you the opportunity to share some final thoughts with our listeners. Dr. Chen, let's talk with you first. Um, I'm just trying to think. Uh, <laughs> Tom, would it be okay if you go first? Can I, I jump in first then? Yeah, what? that would be so, great. Uh, yeah, I, I was very happy out of the blue one day to get this nice little inquiry uh, from somebody in Australia saying, I've developed this device and would like to meet some people in America to see if we can sort of spread the word. And you seem to have been in this vascular access business and around needles based on your LinkedIn profile. Uh, could we talk? And so I, I looked at the website, smiley.scope.com, and thought, wow, this is so interesting innovative, novel, something fun. And I keep saying that today, but uh, 
something that can bring comfort and joy to a procedure where you have a needle going into a body and lots of fear that's developed over time is just a wonderful thing. And we all should like it. It's nice for the nurse. It's nice for the patient. It's nice for the parent. And it's really nice for the hospital. Everybody wants a more positive experience. And so this is the simple kind of cool thing that lets you do that. It's really come a long way from the uh, original versions that had a more of a standard uh, gamer headset to this medical grade cleanable headset. And she's adding more and more content to it. So it's just been a real treat for me as a guy who's been in the medical device industry for so long to be able to try to, you know, be involved with and help with something that can do so much good and so much fun and so, so much pleasure uh, all the way around. So uh, it's just the kind of thing that I I really can get behind and, and love to tell people about. And as you mentioned earlier, if somebody does want to find it, just go to smileyscope.com and, uh, and you can get some follow-up and, and see if you want to you know, talk to some folks about it and if it could help you too. Dr. Evelyn, do you have any follow-up to that? <laughs> Tom's always such a good speaker. Um, I mean, I think for SmileyScope, ultimately, you know, we are clinicians who are working with clinicians to really improve outcomes. And what's really exciting about SmileyScope is being able to see the impact it has on the quadruple aims of healthcare. You know, we're helping improve and have better outcomes. We're having better patient experience and care. Uh, We're improving sort of the clinicians or the healthcare providers' experience of being able to do these procedures and lighten the load for them um, mentally and, and as well. And, and then also improving that efficiency and reducing costs. So we're sort of really excited to be able to work with clinicians in the US to really be able to understand how this works in their environment and um, sort of helps improve patient experience. Very nice. I want to thank both of you, Dr. Evelyn Chan and Tom Sutton, for being our guest today on INS Infusion Room. It's been such a pleasure talking to each of you. And we wish you well. See you at the fall meeting. Yes, absolutely. Okay, take care. This concludes this episode of INS Infusion Room, a podcast of the Infusion Nurses Society. We welcome your comments. You can reach us at infusionroom at ins1.org. That's infusionroom at ins1.org. Thank you for listening.